welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today, we have a, a small crowd, but good crowd. We've got Brian and Drew. Good to have you guys today. We're going to be talking about the 30th verse of the Tao Te Ching. For any announcements, go to buddyc.org. You can look under resources. Lots of good resources there, including Transitions Daily. If you need a daily email with all of the daily readers or the majority that we read in AA, as Bill sees it, daily reflections, 24 hours, all of those in one email, go to dailyaaemails.com, and the online group is Transitions Daily. They send out over 22,000 the last time I looked, and they add new people every day. Your information is not shared with anyone. You won't get on any email marketing lists from sharing your email, uh, so your anonymity is protected there. Also have a associated Facebook group for discussion of those devotions. And on top of that, we have a daily podcast, Transitions Daily, that all they do is read the devotion for that day. No comments, no commentary of any kind. And there are alcoholics from all over the world that have read those. We have a lot of variety in readers. You can get there also at buddyc.org or go directly to dailyaaemails.com. Any of you guys may be struggling during the holidays. This podcast will go out right at New Year's. Or if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about getting sober, in the new year, excellent resources there, including this list in our episode notes. You can see of different ways that we've learned to stay sober. And there are other resources included in online groups and all kinds of good stuff there for you. Okay, the 30th verse of the Tao Te Ching. Who would like to start us off with a reading? I've got Stephen Mitchells. Okay. Whoever relies on the Tao in governing men doesn't try to force issues or defeat enemies by force of arms. For every force, there is a counterforce. Violence, even well-intentioned, always rebounds upon oneself. The master does his job and then stops. He understands that the universe is forever out of control and that trying to dominate events goes against the current of the Tao. Because he believes in himself, he doesn't try to convince others. Because he is content with himself, he doesn't need others' approval. Because he accepts himself, the whole world accepts him. Mm. Thank you, Drew. Brian, you want to read Jeff Pepper for us? Yeah, sure. Yeah, like you said, it's Jeff Pepper in clear English. Verse 30, it says, Use Tao to assist the lords of the people, but don't use military force. For there will be retribution. Where armies camp, thorns grow. After armies leave, the harvest is poor. The wise get results and then stop, not daring to take by force. Results without bragging. Results without boasting. Results without arrogance. 
results only as a last resort, results without a show of strength. Creatures show strong than age. This is called not Dow. Not Dow soon ends. Thank you, Brian. I'll read Jonathan Starr, the Tao Te Ching, the definitive edition. Those who rule in accordance with Tao do not use force against the world. For that which is forced is likely to return. When armies settle, nature offers nothing but briars and thorns. After a great battle has been fought, the land is cursed, the crops fail, the earth lies stripped of its motherhood. A knower of the truth does what is called for, then stops. He uses his strength, but does not force things. In the same way, complete your task, seek no reward, make no claims. Without faltering, fully choose to do what you must do. This is to live without forcing, to overcome without conquering. Things that gain a place by force will flourish for a time, but then fade away. They are not in keeping with Tao. Whatever is not in keeping with Tao will come to an early end. Comments, guys? I think the first thing that stuck out for me was the the admonition against violence. I don't know if that's the first time that's popped up in the Tao Te Ching, but... But yeah, violence rebounding upon oneself, that's always something very good to keep in mind. And you've got either using force or not using force, right? You've got those two. And the way that Star describes it, how we use our strength without forcing. I guess that's the real rub, isn't it? How to use our strength without forcing. Because it would sound like if you're using your strength, that's forcing, right? It's like everything else. It sounds paradoxical. But how do we use our strength without force? I guess would be the difference between strength and force. I guess uh, some things that I'm strong at, I don't have to force. I'm strong at, I'm strong at being a, a listener and I don't have to force that. And, and I know people who are strong at being being extroverted and being good with crowds and they don't have to force that. So sometimes the things that I don't have to force are the things that I'm strongest at. I, I've also had a lot of practice at it, perhaps. So it's just become second nature to me. Thank you, Drew. A knower of truth does what is called for, then stops. Mitchell says the same thing. The master does his job, then stops. I think for me, I really didn't understand what my job was. <laughs> and I never stopped. <laughs> I never stopped doing what wasn't my job. Mm-hmm. But I guess the first thing is, what is our job? If we know what our job is, then maybe we can start on this with what they're talking about here in the 30th or what we're seeing in the 30th. I know there's a uh, government large big picture application to these, and then there's a personal application. On a personal level, I could say my job is my vocation. That's the first thing you would think of for job. Uh, Some call it task. 
or to do what's in front of you. I think it's just our next action, isn't it? That we're to apply this in whatever action is coming up. Buddy, I was thinking about you showing up humble and like they say in recovery, taking that next right indicated step. How do you show up humble though, Brian? What does that mean? If somebody's listening to this and they say, what does he mean? Show up humble. For me, it'd be keeping my mouth shut. Yeah. Listening. 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 Being open-minded. Being open-minded. Not forcing. Letting things happen. Came across a good quote. Loving. Yes. Yes. Anything else with that? Hmm. This is a quote from a calendar that actually the link for this Google Calendar is always in the show notes. Thoughts, feelings, and emotions are like children. They will persist until you give them your full attention. It's a Zen uh, teacher, Kasetsu Earl. That's the name. Thoughts and feelings and emotions are like children. They will persist. I know my kids, until I gave them my attention, they were just daddy. But once I gave them my attention and we took care of whatever, it was over. And that really caught my attention because these things out here that gnaw at me, I have to give them my full attention, including whatever I am doing, whatever job or task I'm trying to, I think is my job. I have to give that my full attention as well. I thought my job was to control everything to in a, in a good way. I thought I was being responsible by taking action, uh, by making sure it all, by pulling the strings, being the puppeteer. I thought that was my job, but I found out it was not my job. My job was to be the puppet, not the puppeteer. <laughs> huh. They have some describers here, too. I'm going to talk about what's in the star, then jump over back to the Mitchell. Complete your task. Seek no reward. Make no claim. Without faltering, fully choose to do what you must do. That is being in this moment, giving it its, your full attention. And, and that's describing it. And that the way most of this is telling us is just describing it. It's not telling us what it is. It's the description. So in whatever your task, whatever your job is, complete it. Do not look for a reward. Don't make any claims. Oh, I did that. Someone asked me the, the other day why when I, I write anonymously. I use Buddy C. And when I was talking to my book coach, about this, she said, we need to use your full name. I said, no, we're not doing that. She said, why not? And I had to explain to her anonymity. And you touched on it, Brian, with humility. The gift that we're sharing, we don't, that gift does not originate with us. Yeah. It's not me that has accomplished anything. It's this gift that's given to us that we share with other people. And as we share it, it becomes valuable to us. We unwrap that gift by sharing it with someone else. That's how it works. So anything I say about Buddy just muddies the water. 
it does not give any aid to inflate Buddy in any way. And that's part of, I think, what he's talking about here. Don't seek a reward. Then Mark Dennis that comes sometime. He was talking about giving away a big book and then got mad when the guy didn't come back and didn't read it. He was like, I can't believe he did that. I said, Dennis, isn't that what we do? I said, you got to let that go because it's not about what he does with it. It's about you being able to share it. It's not about the results of that. And if I'm not seeking a reward, I don't have to take any blame either, I don't think. I'm out of that reward blame pendulum. Mm -hmm. And it is a pendulum, right? Am I reading too much into this or see if there's anything else here? No, let's go to the Stephen Mitchell and look at that. Do you have anything that jumped out, Brian, and the Jeff Pepper that you want to that you want to draw to our attention? I was looking at, at Derek Lynn because it has some explanations in there. At uh, but the Jeff Pepper, one thing that stands out to me is this part that says where armies camp, thorns grow. <laughs> what do you? What's your thoughts? And then it says, when armies leave, the harvest is poor. To me, it just sounds like when we start forcing, when we start forcing things in life, we're not going to get the results we want. Then when we release and and think that we achieve those results, there's fallout from that. We trample whatever's there. We trample whatever's there. Yeah. Then there's another line here. Creatures grow strong, then age. What do you think? Everybody, everybody has their time, their season. Don't continue forcing when you're on the backside of that curve. Ah, uh, okay. Just accept. Accept. Yes. When our job changes, or what our job is, it keeps changing. I think my job, if I want to put it on the basis level, is to show as much openness and compassion in this moment as I can and be seeking to do that in the next moment, in the next moment, in the next moment. No matter if we're talking about work or a startup business that I'm doing right now or dealing with a tenant, or I can only speak to what I have going on a controlling person in our AA group or a controlling family member that we have to deal with during the holidays that thank you, Jesus. I don't have to see, but once or twice a year, (laughs) one of those, this is the thing. And remember this too, just because we're growing up spiritually doesn't mean we're going to like everyone. That's not what that means. Yeah, But we can treat everyone with respect. We can treat everyone if you want to use the compassion or love or those things. You can open your heart to the person and ask, how can I be of service to that person right now? And if you're in a environment over the holidays that you're around these people that you don't really care for, but they're family members and you've got to be around them. Uh, I don't have much of that at this point. 
but how I've handled that in the past, I would just make sure I spoke to them. I would make sure if I could do anything for them, I would not overtly, but have you got your drink yet? Blah, 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 or whatever. And tried hard to be open to how I could be of service to them. That's my job at that moment. We always have jobs within jobs. If we're at work, how do we, how do we show compassion and openness and complete those things and step back and not take, not own it? Because we don't own those things. We don't have to own it. We can let that stuff go. What did you see in Derek Lynn that you liked, Brian? Do you see something there that spoke to you? Yeah, I'll go ahead and read it. That's all right. It says, the one who uses the Tao to advise the ruler does not dominate the world with soldiers. Such methods tend to be returned. The place where the troops camp, thistles and thorns grow. Following the great army, there must be an inconspicuous year. A good commander achieves results, then stops, and does not dare to reach for dominion. Does not reach does not dare to reach for domination. Achieves results, but does not brag. Achieves result, but does not flaunt. Achieves result, but is not arrogant. Achieves result, but does only out of necessity. Achieves result, but does not dominate. Things become strong and then get old. This is called contrary to the Tao. That which is contrary to the Tao soon ends. I was reading some of the comments here, and, and one of them is it says, Many of the greatest generals and martial artists in history were disciples of the Tao. They were dedicated to peace, but they were also devastating in combat. They used force only when they had no other choice, and then, and once they achieved an intended result, they would go no further. To them, victory was not something to flaunt or even celebrate. Thank you, Brian. Buddy, I was thinking about, before I read that, we were talking about the family members, that when you show up and you're loving from a person, you don't know where, you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what they're dealing with. And that, it's almost like you can mirror that to them. You, you don't know what effect it, that that's having on them. That that could have a positive effect on them. It has a positive effect on me. Yeah. And where it starts for me, Brian, is if I just choose to smile, I will find myself frowning in those situations. Just come into the situation. I'm already resisting. I'm already resisting. Resisting, yeah. Think to resist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I just take the action of just, I don't have to have one of those possum grinning smiles. Mm-hmm. Just one of those, just a little smile that no you, one even sees. You say possum grin? Yeah. Well, most people, I, I guess in the South, I've, that, that's, they might get it here, but I don't know if they'll get it yeah. anywhere else. Uh, Pretty soon, possible will be printed on Google. But big, yeah. A huge smile. You don't have to be overt. Yeah. It's not your job to be overt. 
when I choose to, if a car runs up on my behind super close, the first thing I do is start smiling. If I'm spiritually fit, not if I'm not telling them they're number one, I'll be smiling at them. And I'll just let they can't see me. It's not for them to see. When I smile, it changes my attitude. It really starts to open my heart when I smile. Just a little smile. Nothing huge. That just opens me up to what's next. Yeah. It's interesting in Stephen Mitchell, he says the master does his job and then stops. That's the other thing that's hard for me. Even if I'm doing what I should be doing, discerning when it's time to stop and let go. Because if something's working, might as well do it more. If it's working, let's keep at it. But that's not always the case. There's a point to let go that we've completed whatever it is that we're doing. And then Mitchell says the master understands that the universe is forever out of control. Not just right now. It won't be different if we have a different president from another party next time. It is forever out of our control. All the families out of control, out of our, everything's out of our control, down to our personal life. Knowing that it's out of control, trying to dominate events goes against the Tao. So we can't dominate events. That's what we're talking about here. Not dominating. Because he believes in himself, he doesn't try to convince others. So if I'm spiritually fit, one flag that I'm not spiritually fit is if I'm seeking the approval of others. I look at that trying to convince is seeking approval. Everything I did in the past was seeking approval. Come to find out, I didn't realize I was doing that, but I was pushed push to try to have everyone's approval. I didn't want anyone to be unhappy with me. And so if I know who I am, I know it's out of control. Why try to control it? I don't have to convince others. As a result, if I'm content with myself, I don't need others' approval. There it is. Because he accepts himself, the world accepts him. Back to that nasty word again, acceptance. Any comments? One thing I was thinking about was like if you're in a any kind of engagement with another person, if, if I come in and I just take over, I'm essentially telling that other person that, hey, you're not capable of doing this. I'm I'm going to start this drag it over the center and then I'll just go ahead and continue it over the finish line because I know what's right. And I, I used to be bad about doing that. And, and it was based in fear that things weren't going to be right or that they weren't going to be the way Brian wanted them in Brian's world. And sometimes Brian, we come into those situations with what we think are good motives. Yeah. It's not a, a bad motive. Many times it's a good motive that you're wanting things to work well for them. So you come mm -hmm. and take control, right? Yep. But I'm heavy handed. That's the only way you need to be. Yeah. Point. Yeah. I can remember hearing one of my dad's famous quotes was there's only one way and that's my way. And that's always the right way. <laughs> and he's usually screaming it. 
<laughs> so. And he believed that was best for you. Yeah. And everybody. Or best for anybody. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I would think even if I didn't say it, if they didn't agree with me, I said, well, you're just blah, blah, blah. I'd, I'd go through my whole tirade in my head if I didn't out mm-hmm. loud. Yeah. I was watching a show last night, and I'm not going to get into to all the details. It was about a business that essentially had filed bankruptcy. There was one of the little CNBC shorts. Right. And and then they come out, and they made just a, another boneheaded decision. And I saw y'all are a bunch of dumbasses. But I was like, what a bunch of fools. If I was a shareholder, I'd be pissed. And, but then I thought, Brian, here you are sitting here in your recliner. You're not a shareholder. And you obviously don't freaking know because you don't have a multi-billion dollar business. <laughs> so you don't know, <laughs> you know, and, and this lady was talking on there. She was like a, a VP of, of something, some division, and she's talking. And I was just like, she's a fool. She's a fool. But I was just like, Brian, just, no, you don't know that. You don't understand the situation. Just watch the show and be glad you're not in that situation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep coming back. <laughs> uh, how do we accept ourselves? I think that's what this all boils down to, really, is how, what tools do I use to start accepting me? That, Man, I don't. Go ahead. No. I, that's one thing that I've struggled with, that, that drive to prove that I'm okay. And to be honest, I don't know who I'm trying to prove to. But if I want to get really freaking honest and, and get down into my soul, I've, I've always had that gnawing feeling. And, and I had a therapist once that she asked me, she said, her, is, is it even okay for you to be okay? And it was like, I couldn't answer that. Mm. And that stuck with me for years. I don't but think I really know what okay is, Brian. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that takes time. Hmm. Said inside job. The way I approach accepting myself is through working the steps, actually. The 12th step says, I've told the story of me sitting in a meeting. I was a year or two in, and I was sitting there listening to people say the same thing they say every time. I could quote for them what they were fixing to say. Do Jeff's share. Okay, I'll do it for him. I could say exactly word for word what this guy was fixing to say. Okay. I was going around. I wasn't listening. I was just sitting there looking at the clock. And I was like, what is it that really, what is the work? At the end of the meeting, they'd say the Lord's Prayer and it, it works if you work it. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's just so cheesy and corny. But what does it really mean? And I was just reading the steps and I saw the 12th step in a different way than I'd ever seen it before. It said, it says having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. I'm like, oh, it's not about the sharing, even though it is. It's not about all the uh, going to meetings, even though it is. It's all part of it. It Ultimately, I get the awakening by working the steps. Oh, and then once I work them, it's practicing those steps on a daily basis and practicing the principles from the steps in more of my life every day. All affairs could be all jobs mm-hmm. and everything. And as I did that and keep doing it, with time, I start accepting myself. And one big tool of that is that I'm accepting others as they are. So as I start to accept you as you are, not trying to change you, not trying to get a leg up on you, not doing the whole comparison thing, just accept you as you are. Then I see I'm starting to accept myself as I am. And this whole 30th verse points to accepting ourselves as we are. That's how we know what our job is. That's how we learn to let go. That's how we move from being the puppeteer, the one controlling, pulling all the strings, to just being the puppet. Slowly, those strings start getting cut. Doesn't happen all at once. I had someone the other day, I don't know. It wasn't a customer service person because I've gotten a lot better with customer service people. Uh, I used to be very mean. And when something, you've been a hold for 10 minutes, you had to go through all this stuff to get there. Then you ask you the same questions that you started with. I'm like, I've already answered this. Why do I need to answer it? And I just, I was that guy, right? I know y'all have never done anything like that, but I've learned to be polite in those situations. But a lot of times someone brings it to my attention and I don't even realize I'm doing it. I was on the phone with an insurance person. I wasn't happy. They crept up my insurance for absolutely no reason. And they had, anyway, whatever gone on. I've, if you don't know, you need to change your auto insurance every two to three years. You need to shop it because they creep those up. And I had a little claim and they came out and looked at it real quick and sent me a check before I could even say I was happy with it or not. And I just thought they was screwing me on the situation. And something came up later, a few months later, and I was talking to the intern, and she said, well, you don't have to be angry about it. And I'm like, I'm not. And I realized <laughs> I was doing it and not even know that I was raising my voice. And I said, wow, I am. And that's how it seems to happen for me, but in the opposite direction, too. I'll notice that I've behaved differently and realize that I'm changing to the positive as well. All of that, a lot of that I see after the fact or another Southern saying, Brian, bass backwards. That was what my grandmother used to say. She didn't cuss, but she'd say bass backwards. Now, slowly this program for me, recovery starts changing me if I stick with it. And if I make a mistake, what do I do? I I just get back up. And in the next moment, if I need to do what they call start my day again, whatever it is, whatever the situation. And as I learn to accept others and walk this way of life, I will see myself change. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, guys.
Absolutely. Any other comments? No, just on that last topic of how do you accept yourself? One thing that's, that's helped me was just coming to terms with how every decision I've made in the past, I was making with a good intention. I was making with the, all the information that I had available to me. I did the best job I could in the moment, given what I had to work with. And, and that helps me be a little bit more compassionate towards myself. And like you were saying, buddy, once I apply that to myself, then start applying that to other people, which helps stay away from blaming other people, judging other people. That was so stupid. Why did they do that? They were doing the, the best job they could, given what they had to work with at the moment. And that's a mindset that when I stay in it, it helps me not only with myself, but with others too. If we can do away with that right and wrong, it's just the decision we made. We And we don't know other than looking back. And sometimes we can never really judge what is a correct decision and what is an incorrect decision. Because many times what I thought was a correct decision was ended up not being in the ones that I thought I'd uh, made an incorrect decision ended up being the best decision possible. It's just a decision. And leaving that judgment is part of how we hold on and not let go and try to keep our control on what's happening. We don't stop. When we're judging that decision, we're not stopping. Like he said, the master does his job and stops. So we let that decision go. We accept it for what it is. And then we just move on. Yeah. That acceptance is the key there. I would not change whoever, whatever, even if I could. Ooh, that's hard. Or I pray for the person. All the things we learn, the tools we learn in recovery. Then I find I'm feeling better about myself. Yeah. Anything else to add, guys? That was good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Guys, if you're. I'm going to get this out today on December 30th. If you're having an issue with a drink or drug, look for a local clubhouse. There, are, Most clubhouses are open on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Go find a meeting. You don't have to try to do this alone. There's tons of AA groups. There's meetings around the clock. And most of the clubhouses... If they have a regular meeting, they'll have it at that time. But I know our local clubhouse is going to be open. And we're playing rummy cube all evening. We're going to stop for our meeting. And the other time, we're playing rummy cube. So that starts at 4 p.m. promptly mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, on New Year's Eve. And we'll all be there at 4 waiting on the door to open so we can get started. Because uh, mm-hmm. there's some rubby, rummy cube fiends. We'll, uh, but you can come enjoy some. This camaraderie and fun, you don't have to stay home alone and have your pity party by yourself. You just don't have to do that. Or even even Zoom. Yes, even Zoom, Brian. Even Zoom. There's tons of meetings. The Fourth Dimensioners is is a nightly 9 p.m. They will have a meeting that night, 9 p.m. Eastern. There are meetings that are 24 hours. There's all those links are on buddyc.org under resources on the left there. You can get all that information right there or go to transitionsdaily.org has a lot of that or aa.org, I believe, 
the link there. They have a directory of meetings that any time, day or night, that there's meetings that you can attend. And I would suggest just go on the meeting and start praying for the squares. Pray for the people in the squares because they're there for the same reason that you're there. Pray that their life would be blessed, that they would. And let's say you don't believe in God, you don't believe in prayer, you don't believe none of that nonsense, okay? Just open your heart to that person. I challenge you, if you will, if it, if Brian was in one of those meetings and I was suffering, I opened my heart to Brian. I know it sounds cheesy, but just try it. See if it works. I won't tell anyone you did it. I opened my heart to Brian. I send Brian love. And if something comes to mind while you're saying that, just say it for him. I ask that he not be alone, feel alone today. I ask that you bless him in every way. I, or as you could say, I ask, I hope that he is blessed in every way. If you wanted to take the whole God thing out altogether, how can I serve Brian today? I hope there are people around Brian that can help him throughout his day. See, those things that start bubbling up when you open your heart and just go around to the different squares. Pray for each of those squares or say good things for each of those people in the, and see if you don't feel better. You don't have to proclaim it. Just see. Ch- I challenge you to try it and see if you don't feel better. I have always, it's always helped me. I've never been disappointed when I opened my heart. Never, ever. And you don't have to have some kind of formal God belief to open your heart. That's a Buddhist practice as well. Thank you, guys. Any last comments? Y'all have a great day, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.